What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. Today marks a very special occasion for the Fouled Out podcast. It is episode 100. A couple of years ago, we didn't even have a podcast. So I think if you would have told me that we would have a podcast with 100 episodes and to have the success and make the connections that we've had in the last couple of years, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Uh, and we're still having a ton of fun doing it. So I hope we're going to make 100 more. Thank you guys for listening and making this all possible and supporting us uh, throughout the last 100 plus weeks of making content for you guys. I hope you're still enjoying the show as much as ever. And a special thanks to my wife and my son and my parents, my entire family, who are a never-ending well of support and unconditional love. I We wouldn't have made any of this without them. Uh, so I really appreciate you guys, and I love you. So before I make everybody that's listening to this throw up, let's go talk about football with Matt. It is week nine of the NFL season. We are halfway through the regular season. Uh, we got a lot going on, so let's go. Matt is here after we took a week off last week because things got crazy with my work. Matt, when when we take a week off, it feels like it's been forever since we did a podcast episode. I feel like it felt especially long because it was like the last week pushing up to election day, which, by the way, we are recording on election day. So uh, hopefully you've already taken care of that, but... I have my I voted sticker on. I did. And then I put it in the trash when I left work. So oof, democracy. That, for that was how I felt about going and voting in person, which I will never do again. <laughs> I am firmly an absentee voter from here on out the rest of my life. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a long week last week. We just couldn't couldn't make the time with how crazy our schedules were and all that. So uh, we apologize, but we're back. I mean, taking a week off and like when we're talking about the NFL too, just feels like a eternity because things change so much uh, just within one week. And now we got like two weeks, but uh, we're really going over week nine and Matt very in the spirit of week nine has <laughs> the <laughs> meme picture of Aaron Rodgers up as his virtual background, which I love. Had to be done. It's a good choice. Uh, we're also going back to we kind of played with like the format of the podcast this year, especially during NFL season. We're going to go back to a classic format that we used all of last season. So if you guys were with us last season, you might recognize this. We're going to go over the Monday and the Sunday night primetime games and then kind of the big storylines from Sunday and finish up with random thoughts from week nine of the NFL season. And then because this is episode 100 of the show we're gonna take a moment at the end to think about what our favorite moments are it's like a clip show almost yeah like you know all your favorite sitcoms growing up when they were just too lazy to write another episode that's what we should have done last week since we <laughs> couldn't record a live one it's just done like a clip show it just clipped episodes of like clip parts of the first 99 episodes and put them into like a 
montage just for the people to listen to. Mash all the most ridiculous stuff that we've done together. I think that would last more than our weekly hour to an hour and a half. But we'll do that someday. Yeah, very little of it would be sports related. But <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about week nine. Uh, had a decent football game last night on Monday Night Football. The Ravens beat the Saints 27 yeah. to 13. Baltimore is now six and three. Their plus 39 point point differential is six in the NFL. And they're top five in DVOA. Mm-hmm. My question for you and for the audience is why do I come away from every Baltimore game I watch thinking that they're not that good? So this has been a really, really weird season. Uh, to put into perspective just how strange this season has been, the Lions are now two games out of the wild card spot. <laughs> That is, that's a wild card. That's like a wild yeah. card spot with a capital yeah. wild. Like, I get where you're coming from because they, along with a lot of other teams, are not playing as good of football as we are used to seeing. But I think that the DVOA combined with their score, their point differential does kind of speak to the fact that like they are one of the best teams in the NFL. Well, that's what I'm saying is like all the statistical indicators you would look for, like the record, Mm -hmm. the DVOA, that everything points to them being one of the best teams in a contender. But I just haven't watched them. And I've actually watched like quite a bit of Ravens this year uh, because I have Lamar Jackson on one of my fantasy teams. And I just... I haven't come away from any of their games being like, that's a contender. You better watch out for the Ravens. But like on the other yeah. side, how many teams this year do you watch on a week to week basis and think, wow, that's a good team every single week? Less than five. Yeah, it's, like, it's less than a handful, right? Yeah. I mean, the Vikings have one loss. And they have one win against a team that is over 500. And that was the Dolphins without Tua. There's there's a lot of teams out there that just like I don't feel confident and like the only ones that I feel any level of confidence in are like the Bills and Kansas City and we got some confidence in the Eagles. I think that's the list. Like that's that's it. That is the end of the list. <laughs> Did your confidence in the Bills take a hit at all this week with the loss to the Jets? Not really. Uh, we've talked about like the Jets do have a really good defense. For as much heat as he has taken, some of it deservedly so, Zach Wilson did what he needed to do in that game. You know, he didn't he didn't make the big mistake. He kept them on schedule. And if there's one thing that's shaking my confidence a little bit about this team, it's that Josh Allen is doing some of these hero ball turnovers again that he got away from the last couple of years, which I do think he'll work his way out of. I don't really know why he's throwing these inexplicable interceptions that are like some of the worst interceptions that you're going to see all year long. 
I mean, he has been by far the best quarterback in the NFL the last two years. And I don't really doubt that he's going to work his way out of it. I agree. He'll work his way out of it. I don't know if I would say by far, he's been the best quarterback in the NFL because Patrick Mahomes is still in the NFL. Yeah. But like everything that Patrick Mahomes has done, like Josh Allen can do, but Patrick Mahomes doesn't bulldoze through defenses like Josh Allen does. That's true. But also Patrick Mahomes has won a Super Bowl. And he owns Josh Allen in the playoffs. So I will we'll have to see. I just owns say, is a strong word. I wouldn't say <laughs> Allen's been better by far. Is more my by point. a noteworthy margin. Does that feel better? No. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, if you think one of those guys has been better than the other, I'll go like razor thin margin because they've just both been so amazing. It's so hard to. I mean, like this guy's significantly look, better than the looking other. at last year and this year. Like I, I would, I would say it's not much of a debate to say that Josh Allen has has been the better of the last two years. I disagree, but especially, especially given how bad Mahomes was for like an extended period of time last year. Yeah, he did have that rough stretch last it year, was, but then like, it was he... like six games. <laughs> That was his thing, though. When he turned it on, he was just so dominant, yeah. you know, and he's Which, been he's been so good so yeah. far this year, but so has Allen. Either way, I mean, two elite quarterbacks that just to finish the thought on the Ravens, though, in Monday Night Football, I, I think my problem with them and I like I get that they were missing Dobbins and Mark Andrews last night, and that's fine. But I think my problem with the Ravens overall is that they're 27th in passing and 28th against the pass. Like, if you would have told me, like, blind resume, and you're like, oh, yeah, this team is 27th in passing yards and 28th defending the pass in the modern NFL, I would be like, that's a bad team. <laughs> like, just flat out, that's a bad team. But they're just, they're so different the way that they're built. Yeah. Uh, at, at least, like, offensively, they can sustain being lower in passing. And still being a very like successful team because of the way that their offense is structured. I do worry if they don't get that defense up, like the defense is 17th in DVOA right now. I haven't seen anything from them this season that makes me think that this year is going to be different than the last couple times we saw Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. For me, like as as long as Roman is the one running the show on that offense, like I just don't see it working out in the playoffs. I, I've been pretty consistent on this that I do not believe that Lamar Jackson is anywhere near the problem with their passing offense. That man does not know how to put together a passing scheme to save his life at an NFL level. And I don't know how long John, John Harbaugh needs to see that before he realizes that a change needs to be made there. They got, yeah. I mean, I think the scheme is part of the problem. It's just also like the things they have invested in the pass catching game yeah. haven't. I mean, I still believe in Rashad Bateman long term, yeah. and he's had some good moments this season, but like mm-hmm. he hasn't been able to stay healthy. 
and Duvernay's like had some moments. He's been okay. Like mm-hmm. they just don't. I still just don't think they have the talent around Lamar in this no. offense either. No, they don't. But I mean, even, even if they did, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it'd be better, but it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a quality playoff NFL defense. Because you need an actual passing scheme in order to make that work. Yeah, I I agree. I just think they're in that like second or third tier of contenders. To me, I mean, the top ones you named, the Bills, the Chiefs, maybe the Eagles. Yeah, it, I'm still very much a like wait and see on them. But it's also hard to be wait and see on an eight no team. So <laughs> I know. I know, but you gotta see Jalen Hurts against like one better competition because the schedule yeah. is very soft. Two playoff yeah. defenses. And when like we talked about this a bunch, when he's got a throw on a third and seven in the playoffs, like what does that look like as opposed to what they're doing yeah. right now? So we'll we'll see. I just there's not that many like contenders though. It's like okay the how do you feel about like the Jets and the Dolphins and the yeah. Bengals with all their injuries? I guess the Chargers are five and three now. It is. It's just a weird season. I mean, Chargers is going to charge. Yeah. So yeah I mean, out know, on that. Know, know what's going to happen there. <laughs> I I saw uh, a tweet that this this weekend from that game saying that the Chargers charged and the Falcons responded by falconing. And that was that was the perfect summation of that game. Like <laughs> you kind of you knew what that game was gonna be before kickoff. You're just like it's just a matter of who blows it harder. Just like a game of hot potato. Yeah, for no no one wants to win this one. Yeah, I mean, so on the other um, side of Monday Night Football, the Saints lose, dropping their record to yeah. what three and six now. Yeah, so somehow only a game out I, of first place in their division, right? I I have a question about the Saints. Why are they just good with Andy Dalton at quarterback? Why is anybody good with Andy Dalton at quarterback? <laughs> like, I get that Jamie's didn't play great to start the year, but. You have seen that Andy Dalton is not going to put you put up a bunch of points for you. And you're playing one of the best teams in the league by most metrics. And you're just like the game managerist of game managers is good enough for me. Part of the okay. Saints thing is like the injuries. They're missing some guys. Yeah. I think part of it too is just that the salary cap thing actually did kind of catch up to them yeah. in a way that people didn't expect, but like they, they lost some big players like Armstead. Yep. But I also think they just lost like a lot of depth and a lot of the like ability to make moves in the off season and bring guys in. Yeah. So they just kind of have to settle for this quarterback room of Taysom Hill, Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston and just be like, I, I mean, do you feel great about any of those guys? No, I mean, especially not with what we saw from Jamius earlier this year, but like 
we saw a decent sample size of him last year playing at a high level, like coming back off of his injury this year. I would at least want to see if there's any way he can recapture that. Yeah. Also, I think the loss of Sean Payton was kind of maybe underestimated a little bit. Yeah. Of just having, I mean, offensively for sure. Yeah. No. And that, I think that's been the big thing. Uh, with them too, is that the offense has not looked like a saints offense. No. Although I will say that Chris Olave has been incredible. Yeah. This season. Uh, And, and that's, that's why I'm just like, why wouldn't you want to at least see what Winston can give you the rest of the season when you have a weapon like that? Like, I get it. Like anyone can throw the ball to Michael Thomas. Like you and I could complete 10 passes a game just by throwing it to Michael Thomas. Well, not right now, but yeah. Well, this is what I was going to say too, is like when we came into the season, we kind of, we both liked the saints a little bit because the, you know, Thomas and Landry and Olave, um, Mm -hmm. Kamara on offense. We were like, okay, like, you know, if they can figure out the quarterback thing a little bit, they should be good on offense. And then they had the pieces on defense and then they make that weird Chauncey Gardner Johnson trade. Yeah. Like right before the season starts. That was the first domino. I was like, I don't, I didn't understand that one. We should have re-ran my vibe check before the season started because we did the vibe check and we weeded out the Cardinals and the Raiders before the season started. We should have redone it and we would have caught the Saints and maybe the Broncos too because shit got weird with Russ. Yeah. But Man, Chris Olave, ninth in receiving yards right mm-hmm. now. And I, I just think it would be super cool if there was a podcast out there who did NFL draft content. And one of the people on the podcast was like, hey, Chris Olave is going to be really fucking good. Oh, <laughs> that podcast does exist. It's this podcast. I love Chris Olave. No, no, no other podcast like him. I defy you to find one other person who had Chris Olave ranked as high as I did on my board. I loved Olave. The route running, the speed, the gorgeous beard. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, I. you know what I've learned about myself this season? Is that I'm really, really good at picking out my guys in NFL drafts. Because, like, look at my track record on this podcast. It's like Olave, Kenneth Walker, Tariq Woolen, Devin Lloyd, Jalen yep. Petrie, Javante Williams, Javon Holland. Like I, I can keep going, but for how as good as I am at picking out my guys who are not quarterbacks, <laughs> that is also how bad I am at picking out quarterbacks <laughs> because the guys I have my name on are Jordan Love and Trey Lance, <laughs> and it's not going well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't love it, but at this point, I kind of feel like if you were big on any of the guys in the 2021 draft class, you don't look great because all five of them. They're all looking rough, not going good. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you were redrafting those five quarterbacks, what order would you put them in like right now? <sighs> I mean, after well. after Justin Fields at one, obviously. Yeah, I mean, he's the only one that can at least offer you something because he's going to run for 100 yards a game. 
I know I was more teasing you because it's an everlasting debate of 50 plus text messages every Sunday between you and it Carlos. Would... Here's my thing about that. It's it's every week. And Carlos is like, I got to defend my guy. But like it starts because Carlos just brings it up out of the blue, like starts it all out of nowhere. And it's like, you're not defending your guy. You're shoving your guy down people's throats who has not accomplished anything in the NFL. <laughs> hey, he is the record holder for most rushing yards by a QB in a single game. Now he broke, yeah. Michael, he broke Vic's record on Sunday. Okay. What else has he done beyond that? <laughs> he won me my fantasy matchup on Sunday. He did that for sure. That was awesome. He, it took him like seven weeks to have more completions than Cooper cup had compl- had receptions. Who cares about throwing the ball? In the modern NFL, <laughs> the Bears should just what like run the wishbone and have like Fields, Herbert, and Montgomery all out there at the same time. Screw it. Forward passing is for hippies. <laughs> no, but yeah, I I think it would have to be like have to be Fields, then Mac. Oof. If if Mac is second with how he's looked this season that speaks volumes yeah. about the draft class. Cause he has been so bad. Yeah. So bad. Well, I mean, it's between Mac or Lawrence, but like as bad as Mac has looked this year, that's how bad Lawrence looked last year. Lawrence is infuriating to me because <laughs> I watched the London game against the Raiders. Was it the Raiders? No. Who they play in London? Whoever they played in London a couple weeks ago. So I watched the London game and he just like there was a touchdown pass to Evan Ingram from like 27 ish yards out in the back corner of the end zone, like almost at like just the back left corner of the end zone. And it was just an absolute fucking laser. It was like the best pass I've seen in the NFL this entire season. And I'm like, yeah, I see the allure still with Trevor Lawrence. And then I watched him against the Giants and balls are just like sailing 15 yards out of bounds over everybody's heads. And I'm just like, oh, just so up and down. But like that one pass was just enough for me to just be like, I'm still in. I'm still (laughs) in on this guy. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's like three guys in the NFL who can throw that ball like that. But there's 50 guys in the NFL who can miss people by 15 yards or more he's one of them yeah so it'd be some combination of like mac and lawrence and then i guess zach and then trey i'm still taking trey first because like it's like that episode of family guy where they're like okay you can either have this boat or you can have a mystery box (laughs) and the mystery box is just so intriguing that they take it except here it's like a mystery box or a pile of shit and it's like (laughs) At least the mystery box might not be a pile of shit. Yeah, I. No, I think you're probably right. I, man, I. It's probably still like Lawrence for me, number one. It's like some combination of like Lawrence Fields Mac, like I guess it has to be Wilson and then Trey. I guess you have to put Trey fifth. Yeah, I mean, just no idea what you're getting. You. Well, I mean, you've seen some stuff and it was bad. Like objectively bad. 
we've seen some stuff that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Trying I mean, to salvage this pick because like quarterback is like my one yeah. weak spot from the last couple drafts because I've I've been so good at everything else. But I gotta gotta own up to my failures here too. It's just like every one of these guys is infuriating because like they've all more or less played bad, but they've all like had their moments where it's just like that's that's the step we wanted to see you make. That's like like even Zach Wilson has like he's had his moments where it's like, all right, I'm not gonna be like super crazy playing like off script and trying to make the, like the hero play I'm just gonna like do what the play tells me to do and then they win those games and then he like turns around the next game and he's like i'm back baby it's <laughs> all like too much confidence after a win <laughs> he just comes out and he's like zach wilson time let's go <laughs> yeah I-, I will tell you that mac jones has not had any of those yeah. good moments this season he's been no very no bad. but he had almost an entire season of them yeah prior to that so it's, it's weird. i don't know if you can see how my jerseys are set up behind me but usually the mac jones jerseys <laughs> yeah a bit it's more been moved prominent the bruins jersey is like center yeah. stage right here baby nine and two let's fucking go boston is is zach wilson the zap brannigan of quarterbacks but he gets like overconfident and then he cries <laughs> I I don't think you can compare him to Zap Brannigan because if all the stories about him like fucking people's moms are true, then <laughs> guy's just way That's more true. of a player. Yes, he's he's objectively better than Zap Brannigan. Yeah, this is this is going to be one of those clips when we do the clip show <laughs> that goes into the clip show. Uh, but onto Monday or onto Sunday night football, Chiefs Titans. Yeah. Chiefs win 20 to 17 in overtime. So I I have something I have to get out there about this game. The Titans need their like Titans management needs to be arrested for football malpractice. Because what the fuck is that wide receiver room? Watching that game, like yes, like Malik was not great. However, there was a point where he dropped an absolute dime over his receiver's shoulder and he just straight up dropped it. And then a couple plays later, he threw another decent looking pass at his receiver running down the other sideline and the dude didn't even look. So every time I watch the Titans this season, the only thought I come away from is like, God, you know who this team really needs? Literally AJ Brown. Yeah, this team really needs AJ Brown. Uh, I still, I think like the, how these wide receiver trades that we saw this past off season shake out is just going to be so interesting to me because, like the AJ yeah. Brown trade, just seems like a loss. It's like a it just seems like the Eagles won, especially because yeah. like they're tapping into the AJ Brown thing like in a real way right now. The last couple of games with how great he's been for them. But like the other ones, I mean, season, really? yeah, like the, you know, we're going to talk about Tyreek Hill here in a sec too, but like the Tyreek Hill trade kind of seems like a win-win because the Chiefs don't seem like they've missed too much of a step. But I also just wonder like when they get into 
games against some better opponents and like get into the playoffs, are they going to start missing him when they realize yeah. that they're relying on like McCall Hardman and Juju Smith Schuster? Well, I personally dislike the guy because he's a dipshit. Like Juju Smith Schuster has played his ass off this year. Like he is really rebuilt his name in the NFL. Um, again, he's still a dipshit, but uh, he has definitely rebuilt his image in, in terms of what he can do as a player. The Chiefs, outside of him, do have like a bunch of guys who are not as fast as Tyreek, but pretty damn fast by NFL wide receiver standards. And so they're still able to do some of the same stuff. But when it's go time in the playoffs and they're in a dogfight and they need someone to make a play, yeah, like maybe Juju is that guy that makes a play. But if he's not as deplorable of a human being as Tyreek Hill is, there's it's hard to think of someone who's scarier from a defensive standpoint than Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I mean, especially because with how good he's been in Miami this season. One cow. false step or even like hesitating to take a step in the correct direction is all he needs for it to just be over. <laughs> yeah, Tyreek Hill may become the first wide receiver ever to have 2,000 yards in a season this year in Miami, yeah. which is insane. But like, I think it goes to the point, though, is that like you see how good Tua's look this season with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in Miami, the by far the best wide receiver duo in the NFL, hands down. There's yeah. no debate. And you look at like Malik Willis and it's like, OK, yeah, he wasn't great. But it's a very valid point of like. We've talked about this before, where like sometimes the quarterback makes a wide receiver, but also like you need weapons around your quarterback for him to throw to like who's he throwing to? Yeah, I think he didn't have any completions that weren't to tight ends or like running backs and yeah. just nobody can get open and nobody can make a play against a chief secondary. That's like fine. It's not yeah. like a lockdown secondary. It's not like someone right. that should be shutting you down for the whole game. Yeah. And like to Malik's credit, there are like a couple of throws that he should have made that he didn't in that game. But more or less, he didn't really make very many mistakes. And granted, like they were not putting a lot on him in terms of decision making. But you know, for a guy that seemingly no one wanted to draft, like played a lot better than I was really expecting in that game. That is that is a defense that will throw some like weird shit at you. Like they <laughs> they are not afraid to draw up stuff that has never been drawn up before and just feel like, all right, deal with it. Yeah, I had I had two takeaways from this game. One was just that Vrabel continues to be, I think, the most underrated coach in the NFL. Yeah. Like they got the one seed in the AFC last year without Derrick Henry for like more than half the season. Yeah. And then they're just squeezing like every last drop of juice out of this team this year. Yeah. And I, it's they're gonna win their division. Oh, for sure. Because There's the Colts not are, a choice. <laughs> yeah. The, so the Colts 
fired God. Frank Reich and hired Jeff Saturday. This is just. I want to punch Jim Irsay. And also, like, Jeff, you played football for so long. You were so respected in the NFL. Why did you even accept this? Because you you know it's bullshit. Well, you know That's why they thing. you know why they hired him, right? I mean, I've I've heard a few reasons, but the one that makes the most sense to me is we want him to get a look at this offensive line and figure out what's going on. No, that's not it. The answer is because they got down on the list and I said no. And so Jeff Saturday was the next option. I, Cause we have the same amount of coaching experience. I, he, I think coached high school football for a season. I yeah. coach an NCAA football team and NCAA 14 from EA sports. Like, a couple times a week and I've won I mean, multiple that's nas- college. I've won multiple national championships. I'll have you know. I currently manage a pretend football team <laughs> a couple days a week too. So I have the same amount of experience as Jeff Saturday. Uh they called me first. I declined because we have to do this podcast. So they hired Jeff Saturday. Yeah. So anyway, they're tanking clearly, blatantly. Yeah. They gave up nine sacks to New England. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Poor Sam Ellinger. But they're tanking. The Titans are going to win this division. We are 150% going to bet against the Titans in the playoffs this season. But I'm still extremely impressed with the job that Vrabel's done. Th- this is going to be a good postseason for us. We're going to have like the Cowboys, the Vikings, and the Titans all in the first round. Yeah, I'm just gonna like be printing money. My other takeaway from this, just real quick before we go on to the next thing, is that I thought this game showed one of the like one of my favorite things about the NFL is that it's so variable of like the schemes you see and what is yeah. run from team to team. I I love basketball, but I feel like a lot of the NBA teams just kind of play the game the same way. Where it's like, okay, we're going to yeah. space the floor. We're going to shoot a bunch of threes. We're going to like, you know, we're yeah. going to rotate. We're going to switch on defense. It's a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of the same stuff. This game was a three point game in overtime. One quarterback completed 43 passes and the other completed five. <laughs> and it was a three point game in overtime. I, I yeah. feel like. If you got outshot on threes, 43 to five in the NBA, you would lose by a hundred. Like that's just the NBA is just like kind of a competition of who can make more threes, at least during the regular season. NFL, there's like some variety, man. It was fun to watch. It was just like, God, it's like Derek Henry versus Patrick Mahomes is like fun. That's fun. Sunday night television. It was definitely an interesting game. Like, (laughs) I wasn't exactly sure what I was watching at a lot of points, but then I realized that whatever was out there as a wide receiver was clearly not a wide receiver. So they should have just said, fuck it and ran the wishbone. There's so many teams in the NFL that should just run the wishbone or like the triple option. (laughs) Just give me something guys. Come on. I will say I'm, Really, really surprised that the Titans did not 
run more Derrick Henry Malik Willis option. I really liked the Malik Willis Derrick Henry option that I did see though. Yes. I mean, I was like, I, was like, I don't what? know how you stop this. No, you don't. That's the thing. Love Lamar Jackson. He is incredible to watch. But in terms of like running the ball, the thing that Malik Willis offers that Lamar Jackson doesn't is just like he's so powerful that like getting a hand like on his thigh and like having a good grip on it is like literally a guaranteed broken tackle. If you do not wrap that kid up, he is going to break that tackle. He is built like a running back. Yeah, I feel like him and Fields have that thing where like when Jackson runs, he looks like kind of an approximation of Michael Vick where it's like super athletic yeah. and fast and like, but it's it's like a quarterback. Yeah. It's like a fast quarterback running the ball. When Fields and Malik Willis take yeah. off, they look like running backs. Like Lamar Jackson to me, when he runs, he, he's like a fucking gazelle. But what I see with like Willis and even Fields to an extent is like like a lion or like even see it like not as fast, but like pit bulls or some something is just like raw fucking power. A wildebeest. It's got those big meaty thighs that you just love in a wildebeest. You love <laughs> you love them in a wildebeest. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe with some time and we'll see like Burks has missed a lot of the season, you yeah. know, so he could be a little bit dangerous down the road and we'll, we'll kind of see yeah. where they go. But yeah, I, I mean, whether it's Willis or Tannehill, we're betting against them in the first round of the playoffs. Book it, yeah. book it now. Vikings, Cowboys, Titans, parlay, book it three legs, baby. Uh, just a couple quick hitters from Sunday. The big things that happened. We talked about the Bills losing to the Jets already. I had that written down. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing we didn't say about the Jets is just like, God damn, if Zach Wilson can figure it out yeah. at quarterback, they're going to be so good. Yeah. They're so good. I mean, Garrett Wilson, th- this draft class, Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, yeah. like, oh my God, I'm not excited for this. I, I could just yep. see if I could see a future though. Like if Wilson doesn't figure this out, they basically just become the Mark Sanchez Jets. Where it's just like they're so good, but their quarterback is holding them back. Like that. that if, team... if he doesn't work out, then they're gonna like try and do the Colts thing. Mm. I mean, it just doesn't work. This doesn't work unless you get like that guy who's just gonna be magic for you that year. Yeah, and that happened twice, two years in a row. But like it hasn't worked for anyone else. Yeah, but I so. mean, also, also, wait. There's an asterisk there because you're talking about well, Tom Brady, well, yeah. and Matt Stafford, not Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers. Like it's a different right. class of quarterback. Yeah, so. but like, you know, we're making a move for like the veteran guy. Well, like yeah. the veteran guy that's on that level isn't available very often. Like it's incredibly rare. Maybe they can get Tom Brady this off season. I don't don't do it, Tom. I <laughs> I can't 
I can't handle that. Um, I don't know if he could stomach that. No, honestly. But yeah, really, really good for the Jets outside of quarterback, at least. We'll see how Wilson does. He's he missed a couple games this season, so I'll give him a little bit of a break. But uh, also just Josh Allen being evaluated for a UCL injury that I read could keep him out anywhere from zero weeks to the rest of the season. So <laughs> they don't know what's going on with him. Uh, they're supposed to get more information back today, but I, I haven't seen much. So, um, man, how much would that suck for Bill's fans to? Yeah, it still says he's being evaluated. So how much would that suck for Bill's fans to just have your whole season derailed by like, not only do you lose in an upset loss to the Jets, but your quarterback's just done. I give that less than a 1% chance of possibility. Like, no, I, I don't think he's going to be done for the season either. But if he could just miss one week, because I'm playing him in fantasy football this weekend. So if he could just miss one week, then we'd be good. Um, the Raiders blew a 17-point lead to the Jaguars on Sunday. Before this season... In franchise history for the Raiders, they were a hundred and six and three when leading by seventeen points or more. Now they're zero and two. They've blown three seventeen point leads this season. They've blown three. Who's the other one? Because they did it against the Chiefs. I know that. Yeah, it was the Chiefs, the Jags. Go back. Oh, the Cardinals. Jesus, that Cardinals game. That's so yeah. That the makes Chiefs, sense. Chiefs, the Jags, and the Cards. The Packers lost to the Lions 15 to 9. So the Lions going into this week were on pace to be one of, if not the worst defenses in the history of the NFL. Yep. And they held Aaron Rodgers to nine. Yeah. <laughs> Which begs the question. We're going to play a little game called who is more excited for the season to end. <laughs> I will give you two names and you will tell me which one of them is more excited for the season to end. Round one is Josh McDaniels versus Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to say Josh McDaniels because he's probably just hoping he can get to the end of the season. Because he might not get that. I don't think he's going to make it. We'll see you back in New England next season, buddy. Who? Okay, so Josh McDaniels or literally any single Colts fan? <laughs> pick one. You definitely, pick any, any definitely one. the Colts fans. Who? They thought they 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 thought they were going to the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> it's so bad. Who like I my my rest of my list is basically just like the teams who have been the most disappointing. Who's been like the most disappointing team to you this season? Oh man, I think it I think it has to be the Broncos. Yeah, I wrote down Raiders, Packers, Colts, Cardinals, Rams, Broncos. Yeah, I would say between the Broncos and the Rams. But I I think I I think I would lean Broncos because that if you turn around and actually look at like the names for that offensive line in, in LA, like it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. I think the worst part for the Broncos. Okay. So like, I guess then the answer to our question is that the next round was going to be literally any single Colts fan versus Trent. 
<laughs> I think the answer might just be Trent, who is a Broncos yes. fan. So I think the worst thing for the Broncos is that you just made that huge trade for Russell Wilson yeah. and then signed him to big money. And it's just like, this is the next five years of my life. Not only is it the next five years of her life, but you gave up three first round picks. Hmm. You hamstrung your ability to build for the future. The one time they didn't go with a tall quarterback. <laughs> hmm. So my last thing before we go on to random thoughts, I made you something. So like I said, the Lions beat the Packers 15 to nine on Sunday. And Matt and I were talking and I was like, ah, I don't know at this point, like, don't you just kind of want like the draft pick? And Matt's like, no, I want to beat Aaron Rodgers. Fuck the draft pick. Fuck the future of this franchise. I want to beat Aaron Rodgers. It was all he wanted and he got it. And it was incredible. He deserves it. Which is why I think that we've arrived at the I section of the Lions method. (laughs) Which is inspire hope. Oh, God. (laughs) Where (laughs) this is the part of the season where they go like 500 the rest of the way. They go like 500 over the last eight games and end up like five and 12 or six and 11 what I, I can't I still can't figure this shit out with the 11 like the 17 <laughs> games I have no idea what the records are so they win like five or six games and then everybody's like oh man the Lions are gonna be so good next season so I made this for you the Lions method the L is for lose just th- that's what happens and I, I say this with love as a Kings fan who goes through the exact same shit every single season I just don't have an anagram for it yet <laughs> The L is for lose. The I inspire hope. They start winning games and make everybody think they're going to be good next season. The O is off season buzz where like shit's going on. They got a good draft pick. They're like, oh man, Lions, like really good offensive line. They're adding pieces. We're all excited. The N is for new year, new team, where it's like, ah. Preseason's over. We're ready. It's the Lions. It's time. Like, this is our year. We're all excited. We're drinking the blue Kool-Aid. And unfortunately, the S is for suck. Again. <laughs> we. I promise you that when we get to basketball season, we'll make one for the Kings. And that the oh, S- I'm already working it over in my head. Don't worry the, about it. The S at the end of Kings will be suck again as well. Because I feel like I go, I feel your pain. I go through the same shit every season. Because we suck again, too. Oh, that is definitely like the trajectory of every season. I just I've seen it so many times yeah. and I want I want you guys to be better, but I just feel like this is what happens is like you beat the Packers, you you're like you're gonna beat the Vikings because the Vikings are just begging for someone to beat them. Right. You know, you'll like contain Justin Fields next week yeah. for some reason and people are gonna be like, Oh man, they're turning it around and then we're just gonna go through the whole same cycle over again. Gotta watch your little Detroit hearts break. Every season. It's frustrating because we should be 2-0 and in the division, which would put us at 3-5, and which would put us one game out of the wild card. And that doesn't even touch the games we could have won if Jared Goff wasn't throwing pick sixes. Oh, I guess your schedule, your schedule is pretty brutal, actually. I was yeah, say that no, the crazy no, thing is that we've, like, played, we've yeah. played a horrific schedule so far. And 
it's it gets better, but like we still have to play like the fucking Bills. Oh, the, so, the next four are like the Bears, Giants, Bills, and Jags. Yeah. Ooh. And Vikings and Jets. Like this doesn't look fun. When does it get better? Well, we have the divisional teams. So Yeah, it's fair. You end with the Bears and the Packers, but no, I yeah. the only reason I can say this to you is because I have a team that's equally miserable that yeah. I root for every season, and we're off to a shitty start again this season. And it's yeah. like Darren Fox hit one buzzer beater the other day to win a game, and everybody's like, yeah, Darren Fox is an all-star. No, that's that's exactly how it's going for the Pistons, too. So, But at least you guys are, like, building a young core that's going to be fun, yeah. you know? You got some... Yeah, no, you guys fine. were going for, like, win now. We were so. trying to make the playoffs this year, and we might be worse than the Lakers, <laughs> which is yeah. hard to do. Which, I fucking call that shit. I told you they were going to be not bad, terrible. Yeah, uh, they still might make the playoffs, though, because the... No, they we- won't. The West is weird because you know who's in first in the West right now? Jazz. The Utah Jazz at nine and three. The fuck? They traded away Gobert and Mitchell and somehow got better. And yet my shit dick team can't even win like five (laughs) games. (laughs) Fucking bullshit. All right. Random thoughts for week nine of the NFL season. Yeah. Number one is that betting over under sucks it just sucks i've been you know we didn't do the show last week so i didn't get to talk about my cold streak and gambling but i was like doing really well and now i'm not doing so great and the problem has been that i've been betting over unders and the real true problem with an over under is that you know if you were wrong almost immediately and you just have to sit like after the first quarter you know so like i bet like i think it was bears cowboys the over under was like 49 or something like that. Or like yeah. it was in the forties. And I bet the under, cause I was like, okay, like, you know, the Cowboys offense hasn't been great. The bears, you know, Cowboys defense has been good. Whatever the, the justification doesn't matter. I was wrong. And I knew I was wrong because the end of the first quarter, it was 21 to seven. <laughs> and I only had like 42 points. And the real problem with it is so like, you know, you're wrong right away. And you just gotta but, sit. You gotta yeah, sit in it, cause cause it doesn't stay at that pace. It'll like, it'll have a little lull, and it'll like inspire hope. <laughs> but then, like, within like the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, it'll get there. You're doing the math in your head, and you're just like, how can it not get there? How can it get there? Depending on what side you bet. And you just got to like sit in it for the whole game and just feel like yeah. a moron. And like I had this problem because I bet the over on the TCU Texas Tech game this past weekend, the over was like 69 and a half. And I was like, I could easily see this being like 40 something to 30 something. And it's like 10, 10 at halftime. And I'm just like, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> I just got to <laughs> sit here and be an idiot the whole time. So don't bet over under. It's not fun. No, no, it's not. (laughs) Number two is that sometimes in fantasy football, some guys just, it's just not fun to play against some guys. Yeah. So like this past weekend, I was playing someone who had Derek Henry and Tyree kill two guys who have historically burned me and like burned a lot of people. 
And so like, I, I was like, okay, I need someone to go nuclear on my team if I'm going to win this game and I needed to take some risk. So I played Justin Fields and it obviously paid off as he dropped a 43, which was the highest quarterback score of the season so far. But it's just like, you know, sometimes it's the guys you expect because the two of them combined for 47. And even though I won, like I was still, I was up like 60 going into Monday night football or Sunday night football. And he had Derrick Henry and I was like, I might not win. <laughs> like I don't know what's going to happen here. I might not win. And sometimes it's the guys you don't expect like Joe Mixon. Yeah. You want to talk about how it felt playing against Joe Mixon this past week? Nope. No, I do not. <laughs> That's the kind of game tape you just burn and throw away for fantasy purposes. It's just like, nope. Okay, next week. Yeah, I uh, I have to go against Jalen Hurts this week as well. So, without Joe Burrow, good times. Yeah, good times. I have to do that against with with a backup with a streaming quarterback. <laughs> yeah, you're in first in the West League though. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was, it, it was rough to go a week without Nick Chubb. I'm ready to welcome him back. <laughs> yeah. I you know what's funny is like I bitched a bunch and I talked about this on the fantasy football podcast to start the season where I was like, oh yeah, last season I led the league in points. I didn't even make the playoffs. It was awful. <laughs> this season, I'm in a playoff spot right now and I've scored like the second least points in the <laughs> league. So I talked about like I was like, you know, this season I'm gonna try not scoring so many points and see how that works. And it's working well. It's working very well, although I had a really good week this past week. Uh, the the last thing, my last random thought is that the NFL continues to shoot itself in the foot with scheduling. And I don't understand why it's so hard. So they cleared out the entire schedule on Sunday afternoon. They're like, we're going to have like 15 morning games and one afternoon game. And you're all going to watch it because it's going to be Buccaneers and Rams. And then like both teams suck this season. And like, I think the ratings were just nowhere near what they were expecting for that. Yeah. And then like looking at the primetime games, Thursday nights continue to be horrible. It's Falcons Panthers on Thursday. Highly advise you to go spend time with your families instead of watching that catastrophe. Although the Falcon, I don't know. I kind of like the Falcons this season. Um, I mean, they're interesting to watch. I wouldn't call it good football, but yeah, it's definitely a type of football. Uh, Monday night is Eagles versus the fighting Georges, which. I mean, I I guess, but I feel like the Eagles are just going to kill them, and that's not super fun. Real quick thing that I don't think we've talked about is uh, the, the potential of evil slime bag Dan Snyder potentially selling the fighting Georges. Uh, that has developed recently, which is nice. Um, good on him for, I guess, eventually caving into the decades of pressure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also think the fact that like Jeff Bezos and Jay-Z are trying to put together a $6 billion plus offer yeah. for the team might have something to do with it, but they don't I, have to try to. They have the money. Like, yeah. Well, I also just don't, I don't think that the NFL owners, the other 29 owners are going to let Jeff Bezos buy a team. No, because NFL ownership is just like a dick measuring competition. 
Yeah. Like, I seriously just think that the owner meeting in New York every year is just that all 30 of them get in a room and just put their dicks on the table. And they're just like, haha, look at this. And that, like, your dick is measured in NFL circles by how much money you have as an owner. And that Jeff Bezos just has more money than, like, all of them. Yeah, combined. Almost combined? Yeah. I mean, take Jerry Jones out. It probably is combined. Yeah. But yeah, it's like Jerry Jones would never let that happen because right now he's like the richest owner, I think. Yeah. You know, and it's just like you you bring this new money guy in who like, quote unquote, made his own fortune on like Amazon and is like the richest man on earth. And all of a sudden you're just inviting like the biggest dick to the table. So I, I don't ever yeah. see them letting that happen. And also that, it's just I, that's, a, that's a phrase that I hate. Nobody makes their own fortune like I know. Like, if you have a fortune, you made it because you capitalized on exploiting other people's labor. Like, yes, I mean, I'm not talking about all the skeletons in the closet, but I did use "make yeah. your own fortune" and quotation yeah. marks. But no, I mean, he's the richest man on earth. There's no way they're yeah. gonna let him in, no. especially because it's. Like... I, I do think it would be hilarious, though. I think I mentioned this to you already. If his ex-wife bought the fighting Georges. <laughs> That'd be incredible. So, yeah, I, did, I mean, the schedule just continues to not be great on primetime. I guess Sunday night has been pretty good. Like the Chiefs and Titans was good. And then we got 49ers uh, Chargers this weekend. And that's that's like a pretty fun game. Mm-hmm. I like that. So, um, but that was it for my random thoughts. The last thing I wanted to do before we sign off. This is episode 100. We've been doing this for 100 episodes. We've spent over 150 plus hours on this podcast. Um, So first of all, thank all you guys for listening and continue to listen. We appreciate the continued support. But I wanted to ask you, like, what are your favorite moments in podcast history? Oh, man. Well, I mean, we got to start with Jose Calderon. Jose Calderon is a good one. (laughs) Jose Calderon is... All of my favorite moments. It's just, it's just Jose <laughs> Calderon. That's it. Time to sign off. That was a good one. I, I wrote down that yeah. uh, our NFL playoff record while we've been doing this podcast is mm-hmm. like something crazy, like 15 and three or something like that. Like we've just been fucking money during the NFL playoffs. Yeah. Um, the draft stuff is always really fun. I feel like I yeah. always learn a ton during draft season uh i think one of the things i had the most fun doing on this podcast was uh during that just slew of weeks in a row where we had Devin on um when we uh did that like 2000s draft of players yes that was so much fun that was good i think one of the other things that's been really fun, um, and I think you weren't on for some of these episodes, but I got to interview my mom about yeah. her business, Robin Fowler Coaching. Uh, my future brother-in-law, who's a huge Bucks fan, I got to interview him right after the Bucks won the championship, uh, which was like the first one in forever. Um, and then Marshall's been on a couple times too, and that was super cool. So like that was fun. I also did a podcast the day my son was born. I was trying to kill time and I was really nervous about going to the hospital. So I did a podcast that came out. That was super fun. Uh, and I got to express my love for my wife 
on my this is like this is the only mountaintop that we have for people to like listen to so like that was my like shouting it from the mountaintop of how yeah. excited i was for my son so and he i've done a couple patreon episodes where my son has been in the room with me so that's been fun too yeah it's 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 been a good run yeah i mean i think hundred yeah overall the best thing about the podcast is that like matt and i used to live together and hang yeah. out all the time and with how life gets sometimes we don't get to see each other as much as we would like to so yeah. like getting to spend like an hour or two hours together every week hang out talk about stuff that we love with one of my best mm-hmm. friends in the world like that's that's the best part of the podcast to me yeah definitely i mean especially now that you know two hour drive apart uh gas prices are up over four bucks a gallon like nope children work like yeah. all the whole gambit of things so it's nice to like make time to hang out with each other still yeah for sure even if it's on video also the visual gags are funny because they're just for me <laughs> nobody at home could see them they're just for me and i love them yeah and it gives me uh something creative that i have to come up with every week beyond you know being ready for the pod so yeah i love it but that is it for us as always foul doubt can be found on spotify apple podcast pocket cast overcast anywhere you get your podcast you can hit us up on twitter at fouled out sports you can find matt on twitter at matador underscore defense maybe not for that much longer with what's going on with twitter <laughs> if we, yeah if we move the handles we'll let you guys know it'll we'll be somewhere <laughs> else uh you can find our Patreon episodes on patreon.com slash fouled out. We got some cool stuff up there about college football, um, baseball, like all sorts of stuff. That was fun to do. We had some guests on there as well. We had Andrew Tay from Greatest Games Never Played came on and talked some yeah. college football with me. So that was cool. Um, Matt, any thoughts before we sign off of episode 100? Uh, I mean, I just want to thank everyone that's listened to us for the past 100 episodes or whatever episodes you have listened to and uh you know the guests that we've had on whether it's been other podcasts like greatest games or you know my buddy Devin, uh trent when he's come on uh carlos was on for an episode uh we'll have an- another one coming up in the next few weeks too uh to talk some basketball uh and that'll be fun uh just Really appreciate that. And, you know, above and beyond all of that, I just want to thank Jose Calderon for being himself. All <laughs> all love and respect for Jose Calderon. I just, yeah, I, I echo Matt's sentiments. Thank you guys for listening to the first 100 episodes and the next 100. Adam and Matt, 100 episodes forever. Woohoo! If we can't get Jose Calderon on in the next 100 episodes, then... I will keep talking about getting Jose Calderon on in the next hundred episodes. Yeah, I was going to say that's the goal for the next hundred episodes, but that's the goal for every episode. Yes. So, all right, my friend, I will talk to you soon and then we will see you guys next week. Yep. All right. Bye, Bye guys. Bye, Bye Robin. Bye, Robin.